This is Michael Craver with Escaping Vanity. I'm recording this as the third installment of a podcast series, and I have a unique situation here. I have not come up with the paper that is usually the backbone of how I do these episodes. And in the course of the last week, a lot of things have happened which change alliances. They let you see people in all kinds of different lights. Uh, National news today is going to be that the National uh, Football League's Washington Redskins are going to announce their uh, remission. They're they're letting go of the Redskins' name, and they're going to go in a new direction. Uh, An interesting exchange I saw on social media this morning with people who were just up in arms you know, about whether the name should be given up, that its conception is offensive, that other folks find that it honors heritage, and it's in the eye of the beholder. As my friend Anthony says, some people will go along with it uh, in a direction that is objective, right? They'll talk about it, free speech, you're an observer. And there's other people who are, as he says, committed to the lie, And I think that's an interesting stance because a long time ago, I had an exchange. It was with my grandmother. I wrote about this in a a different piece. I believe it's in the subconscious lottery. Where I said that what you believe is the truth until you have the facts which are different. And if you have different facts than what you believe is the truth, you don't believe the truth anymore. So, for me, the other side of that, because you have to have parameters, at least I do, I'm a structure-based guy, it's got to be, as I've said to any employer I've ever had, you give me the rules to play by and honor them, and I will succeed. I'm a competitive person, so I don't like not having rules. Um, Boundaries are so super important in this social justice landscape, but... The other side of it being that if you have what you believe is the truth, and it is then based on facts, perhaps you still believe the truth. If you have facts that contradict what you believe is the truth, then you don't believe the truth, you believe something else. And to me, the other side of that is dishonesty. Anything that is not providing clarification, if it doesn't bring clarity, you're being dishonest. If you're asked a question and you have the disillusion, you've taken the long way around it, you've answered it with a question, you're not giving clarity, you're being dishonest. As I said to someone (laughs) who was doing that to me (coughs) in practice, I said, look, I said, you're speaking to me uh, on a digital platform, but I'm doing it from my home. And I want to tell you that my front doormat, it reads... Dishonesty is not welcome here, which is is not true. I don't think they make that doormat, but perhaps it could be something to put over a doorway or, you know, one of these fancy stick-on-the-wall monotone kind of things that people do where they, hey, this is going to be my mission statement for the day or for the week or for the year. And they come and go. You know, everybody uses those images and memes and um, word porn or whatever. You know, to me, as an artist, as a guy who writes a lot of stuff, you're stealing from that person by copying their work and pasting it around. I mean, that's that's copyright infringement. 
that's dishonest. So the Redskins discussion that was going on this morning was heated. Essentially, I wrote a piece called um, Sidetracked. I wrote another one. I was discussing uh, awareness. Uh, perhaps I'll bring up Sidetracked and read it while I'm doing today's episode. But the awareness piece was all about how we ended up in a boat where we should acknowledge one another. It's all it's about. The sidetracked piece uh, of itself is the nature of we're all one species. We're all from one race, like a race of people, human beings, homo sapiens. And that's important for all of us to remember as you have these discussions. You know, there's people who interracially date and then they get shame from their parents. They're going to you know, cross the bloodlines, or they're going to have mixed babies, they're going to be a different skin shade, whatever it might be. And I've said to, you know, to anybody, you know, we pick up and we move, we change our citizenship, we change our mailing address, people change their, their gender through the court system. These are all just choices. And uh, for me, it's important that people be able to have freedoms, like freedom of speech. So I'm not going to tell you that you can't choose to identify yourself in any way you see fit. That's part of free speech. As far as I'm concerned, it's one idea. One and the same. Let me, let me read this sidetracked piece, and I'll get back to the Native American thing. Things like race are an, invigil- an, <clears throat> things like race are an invisible crutch for feelings, manipulated ineffectively. And when folks don't have any argument to make, well, they're much like trying to attack the credibility of a person presenting a fact the credibility part is about what you believe, and it doesn't change the facts. Race is the entirety of the human species. The word is a classification for an entire species. Now, there are variations breaking this down inside of a species, like strains of a virus. That's not true for people, though. So this is why biologists and scientists don't ever separate people based on this pseudo-classification of races existing between a species. That idea is inaccurate, and it's just made up. Exaggerated things inevitably find their way into the dictionary, and when they are passed around enough, then they get recognized. Take, for instance, Pangaea, the original continent. Geographically, everything begins there. How can you only, <clears throat> how can you only be the continent as named today? So you have Pangaea, then you got Africa, North America, South America, Antarctica, Australia. And not be the continental uh, divides that are separated by a drift. This skewed logic is applied to the natives of North America. See, folks who cross the Bering Strait are from Asia, but they're called Indians. Well, they're Pangeans like we all are. Folks born in the Sudetenland during the Germanic occupation of World War II are Dutch. That's if you're trying to nationalize people. India isn't a continent. Why are they called Indian? The indigenous people of India and its territories today are in Asia. They always were. Why aren't the American counterparts considered Asian Americans? You don't see people from Libya and Egypt crying the blues about how they're African American, yet they're from the continent of Africa. Isn't this so strange? This is like the online support of people standing with. I stand with the people of, with, as in you stand here and they stand there. 
Only they can occupy their seat at life's concert. These are inconvenient attempts at shame or some illogical argument to geography without any real consistency. The idea works if you're born here, but if you look a certain way? So why is Chion over there not an African-American when his ancestors built the Sphinx and the pyramids? See, being Egyptian is somehow excluded to another name, though he's from the same continent. Speaking of, back to continents. Pangea, which nullifies continental drift and all of the nonsense that goes along with segregating people. If you aren't able to comprehend that race is an entire species of people or that everyone comes from the same continent, then you are the one dividing people. Is anyone trying to give Texas back just the idea that English people took the country from Asians, Indians? Those settlers eventually fought one another north against the south. Those Confederate people are just outrageous talking and they're about their heritage. This doesn't apply to southwestern conquered lands. You see, before all of these various conflicts ended, a lot of ugly things were done from all sides. And classifying human beings into strange ways against science is anti-progress, much like attaching yourself to some selective piece of a moving landmass. Where you pick... And choose your history and forget about there's bigger ideas. Well, there are things you don't want to be part of. That's, that's anti-species, which is far more discriminatory than singling yourself out because you have attention issues. As Malcolm X said, it's freedom for everybody or it's nobody. Others shouldn't know your history better than you. Those who are too cool for school will sweat it out. When exposed to the light. And that's my little sidetrack piece. But anyway, the idea being the Pangea, I just say we're all Pangeans. If you're going to go back to this continent or that landmass across this border, just put it all together, brother. We're earthlings. We're humanoids. To me, the, the Redskins debate ended up being this, this wicked thing. And I'll, just, I'll describe it to you. A young man said his ancestors were Redskins. That's a racial slur. He, he wanted that thrown out. He was also uh, all about throwing out the Cleveland Indians. Um, there's other names. There's the Atlanta Braves and there's the Florida Seminoles. And there's a lot of, of, of other uh, variations that come from uh, tribal uh, inspiration. I try to use uplifting words. So he said those things, and I said, you know, we're, we're all from Pangea. What do you care? They, if, if people cross the Bering Strait from Russia and they're here and the invading army comes from the, the colonial army, comes and takes the land, I mean, if you walk on it or they take it by force or, like, it's only if you take it without force, People who win in war get paid reparations back, and that's why we didn't get the POWs in Vietnam, right? We didn't want to pay war reparations, and then we had to settle it up. So, if, and if you're not aware of that, you need to look into that. You know, like after World War One and World War Two and so forth, there's the countries who lose end up paying for the war. That didn't happen. When the country was taken, they actually gave sovereign reservations to Native Americans and continue to pay them now. And um, Somebody pointed out that they run predominantly or famous for running tourist attractions 
gambling casinos, which are run off of different machines, many of them being traditionally like slot machines, which are developed by Irish people who are considered to be Reds. Um, but, the, you know, it, this is land given to you by a government that is tax-free, and then you run theme areas based uh, upon gambling, and you do it with technology that would never have been part of your heritage. None of this. would That would not be who your people ended up being. And you're arguing about the English word or the English slur of what your people are referred to as. I understand where people grab onto that and they are offended. And I've often said that being offended is just a different form of being selfish. It only has a value to you. Now, is there a point in saying this was a reference to this behavior, this kind of people? There is, okay? And when you look at the reservation side of things and think, okay, these people who worship the Great Spirit and they, well, they weren't referred to as savages, were they? Yes. Well, they were tomahawking people and fighting for their lives and, and their land. But a lot of people look at some of the methods as being pretty cruel. Which is true in, in any kind of conflict. There's all kinds of very unflattering things that happen with if it's because they invaded Iraq and there's Abu Ghraib and there's the treatment of different prisoners. If it's what goes on at Guantanamo and is waterboarding going to be um, considered torture and different aspects of the Geneva Convention being violated, this and that and the other. Well, when you take the redskin argument and say, well, it's an ugly word, we shouldn't name a team that, there's a good, you know... Is it free speech? It's free speech. There comes a time where is it profitable or is it still marketable? Because you got to remember that a lot of people who are interested in free speech are not necessarily interested in it for money. The NFL is an entertainment avenue to sell tickets to season ticket holders and TV contracts and have sponsors and once those people decide they want a different direction, and I believe that's what I understood happened here, that FedEx came in and said, we'll take our name off the building, or we'd like the team name changed. Pepsi and, and a couple of other people spoke up and said, you know, we're going to separate ourselves from you guys. It, it, you won't have sponsorship. So you will struggle, but you'll have your idea of the Washington Redskins. The... The argument that ensued on social media was not about any of those things. It's not about the logistics or free speech or anything. The point was made that someone, I, see everyone as one people. Just how it is. We're all human beings. We're all counted by the senses, right? The people inside of this country, but you know, the population of the world, we should all be, you know, transparent with our COVID cases or whatever it may be. Now, if you're living on the other side of that, where you believe in not telling things and privacy and being offended and controlling speech, you're going to have a hard time with that. 
And for anyone who opposed what was being said in the social media exchange, they were referred to by all kinds of names and slurs. And I just looked at that and said to myself, it's very strange for anyone to say it's an ugly practice of calling people this, of naming a team after that, why it's bad, and then use that methodology in the way that you're speaking to other people. It does not role model. You're not living or being any kind of example. Quite frankly, you are using the behavior that you would like to stop. And it's part of the reason that anybody can perpetrate and say, look, it's fine. You're, you're doing it, and you're telling me to stop. What's wrong with you? And then, you know that's, that's when it becomes these abstract ideas, right and wrong and negative and the name calling. And to me, it's just a ridiculous thing. Like, here's the science. You know, people come from here. They might have walked from there. The borders in 2020 are here. A hundred years ago, they might have been somewhere else. The people that are in Hawaii are, are they Native Americans? Because we bought Hawaii. Or are they Native? Some, strange times when you start throwing around words like that. It's one of those, those those wild catalysts is is going to be my word. Someone mentioned <laughs> there was a young man who was sending me direct messages, and he said, "Well, when people are being offended like that, it's like they have a dartboard for what they're going to be offended by today." And I said to him, "You know, if there's cards against humanity." Perhaps there should be a dartboard game. Like, um, and I can't remember what I said to him now. It was it was something like, you know, the art the dartboard of, of of offensiveness or something of that nature. But anyway, he was telling me that, you know, he he said, you know, well. You know, people just, they, they're they mad about this today. There are people who didn't, they don't care about it. They don't watch football. They they didn't, you know, care whenever they were having the court battle or years ago. They don't stand up on a regular basis and, and jump into Redskins videos and speak out every chance they get. And that's his way of looking at whether or not they're engaged and they're fighting the good fight. Because people look at it like that with uh, anyone who's religious. From the outside, you're looking at folks, and you are they practicing what they're preaching? Like 100% of the time, as if human beings uh, who are habitual creatures and change things from time to time. <laughs> as if we don't make mistakes, or get distracted, or let's say, for whatever reason, on our scale of engagement... It doesn't reach the point that we are going to to put anything into action, whether it be words, typing, standing up and holding a sign, whatever that might be. To me, I I just... I have a hard time trying to sit back and say, well, every day you need to give your best. The example might be that if you are a student and you come home to me, if my son comes home to me with all A's, I don't expect him to have all A's from now on. Just don't. 
It's not going to have, you know, can it happen? It can happen. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, and I don't know if that's a realistic... To me, it's unrealistic because life is unpredictable. You never know what's going to happen to somebody during a semester, what the content, the teachers, the... There's too many variables to sit there and all right, bank on, you know, all A's or disappointment. Yet, that is the mindset of many, many adults, that if someone's not acting certain ways on a consistent basis, like when they get mad, they fly off the handle. We have apologies and sort of social customs for you to be able to push the reset button um, because we understand that people get into hard situations that they sit back and they um, get wound up, say things they don't mean, they need to, you know, blow off some steam. You leave something in the microwave too long, sometimes it splatters all over the microwave and you got to clean it every now and then. In a, in a perfect world, you might cook something on low heat every single time and consistently and never have to wipe out the microwave from ugly splotches and explosions. Okay. True. But the deal behind people always grabbing onto something in this world of vanity often means that they have something to talk about that you have to look at them for. And the darker they can make you seem, you've got to justify, you've got to fight for your image because you are now paying attention to supplement their vanity and they're attacking your image and you've got to fight back to be able to stand up for your vanity and your image. It's an ugly thing because if you didn't care what somebody thought and you stuck to what you believe is the truth, if you have the facts, there's really nothing to fight about. You don't apologize if you didn't do anything wrong is often what, what I hear. And it's it's so strange, you know. I said, I said, I'm not trying to offend any amputees, but I said, if they were sitting at my table, their silverware would never be used because they came to this argument unarmed. <laughs> you know, and I just kind of looked back and I thought, well, that's an interesting one-liner. And always thinking of these one-liners and saying things, I'll write most of them down. They come and go in my life. When I say they come and go, they come in my head, they go somewhere else, and sometimes they come from another direction because I've said something however long ago and people remind me, hey man. Or the other day Anthony was trying to remember something and he said, you know, the breadcrumbs. I thought, breadcrumbs? Oh yeah, I wrote an article talking about your... (laughs) Speaking of it in action, I wrote an article about your way of mentally being able to trace things back and find, you know, where you came from and your thought process and who you are and all that stuff is as one big idea. And I called that breadcrumbs. And when he used it I thought, yeah, I guess that was it was clever enough. I remember. But this sort of thing with the name comes into play and it's called cancel culture for by most people. And I thought, isn't that strange? That you you get people to stop behaving as human beings who get mad, who have the urge to be ugly to one another. Because at the end of the day, free speech is its own deal. If you're not doing anything that's a hate speech or a heckler's veto or anything that's you know, violating 
uh, like inciting a riot, that kind of thing. You're not breaking the law to be unpleasant to people. You don't have to like each other in any country. And you speak ill of another person, it's perfectly okay with free speech. It may not go hand-in-hand uh, hand with your etiquette and your local or your, your morality standards in and of yourself or maybe your church. But there's nothing wrong with what you're doing in terms of the law. So the cancel culture term it just it kind of hit me, and I was like, you know how people talk about that? The old George Carlin adage that if firefighters fight fire and crime fighters fight crime, what do freedom fighters fight? Fight freedom. What, what does cancel culture cancel? It cancels culture. cancels the inherent activities and basically the natural tendencies of human beings. When you start talking about I'm not going to listen to you, and I'm not. Those those are choices too. You you can say what you want, and people may or may not listen. I take a chance every time I record one of these, or upload, or put a video out that nobody's going to listen. I'm surprised at the turnout that I get, and I'm I'm thankful. And I always tell people, "Thank you for spending your time on me," and it it means something to me. It's, you're not going to get it back. I try to present things in an entertaining or at least a mysterious sort of way that you you got an idea what's coming next. You know that there's possibilities out there. Which one is he going to choose, and how well is it going to come together? And I try to surprise myself, which I hope surprises you, because most of this is not planned. I mean, this episode is, is based off of 15 words that are written on uh, paper here, and the last ones that I've not used uh, <laughs> were from a... A community forum here in North Carolina. This young lady was, she just, on a regular basis, every day, it's, you know, these people are trying to push away our heritage, and these people have this agenda, and you need to be upset. You need to be mad. And I said, oh, they, these are the people who live without electricity. Oh, you know, because they're gas lighters. And it was, I don't know, is that funny? I don't know. But for me, I thought to myself, this is the other side of what I was trying to put together in the beginning. You've got a young man at a, at a rally. He is identifying himself in his own way. Okay, He wants you to forget maybe how he was born um, and identify with who he is today regardless of where he came from, what you may see on his driver's license, what you may know about past photographs or any genetic information about him. Okay. You've got someone next to them who says that you need to recognize every struggle they ever went through, every struggle from before they were around. And so the, the young man who's, let's say he's 18, because I'm setting up my example. He's born in this century. And he wants you to forget everything about what's happened in his lifetime. Just who he identifies with today and take him seriously. And you recognize his identity as it is today. You forget anything that happened before that might confuse you. Okay. And you look at where we are as a country today with social programs or the tremendous prosperity and educational and 
technology advances we have. And you go, okay. Um, don't forget anything that's happened over the last half of a millennia, over the last two, three, four hundred years. You guys will never, never forget that stuff. This is how things have been. This is how things were. This is ugly. This, And I think to myself, hold on. That's 20 times the lifetime of this other kid who we are going to respect him and forget everything and address him in today's manner. Here's who he is on the surface. Here's who he tells us he is. So here's what we got to go by. And these folks standing beside of him say, here's all of the hidden history. Never forget that. Keep digging. We're going to, you know, you're going to just need to keep looking and keep watching. And I think to myself, there's, there's two different ideas here. That's very much a paradox. If I stand here, and this is what I was talking about, the local thing, no electricity, they're gaslighting. Here are folks who are advocating for all kinds of things to stay the way they are. If it's the uh, battle flag or whatever. So, so here's a guy who's got the battle flag. That's my heritage. Never forget this. And you go, wait a minute, you've got it all wrong. You're the ones who lost the war. It's an ugly thing. It's a bad reminder. It was terrible etiquette. You know, <laughs> then you have someone who stands beside of him and says, I am a professor of a scientific field and I want you I'm standing in solidarity with this guy about history and I'm standing on science and I'm an entomologist and here's what happens with insects and wait 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 what y'all are on the same team and you represent the same idea yeah and I go wait how what his version of history is very different from your science-based history Here's here's the guy who wants to be identified as he is now, despite how he was born, etc. So when we fight his science-based history, or we, we forget all about it. Okay, and, and here's the other folks who are saying, here is what's happened throughout the course of time. It's undeniable. Yeah, but these ideas sort of conflict with each other. Like, if he can write his own history or identify this way, why can't I do that to your history. If here's the guy who's doing scientific experiments and here's a, another young man with his stars and bars and he's running around and he's got it all wrong. But you guys are on the same team. How do you work in collusion with one another? Well, I guess because we're human beings and we're trying to understand and stand beside of our fellow human beings because we're all the same race. We're all the same species. And to me, it boils down to, to that. Like, that's how it can make sense. You're people who want to bond together because you're the same species. You care about what happens to the other bipedal human beings running around. Nothing wrong with that. Just because I don't share your hardship or we don't have the same story does not mean that you and I cannot see eye to eye on anything or get along. This idea that you would be offended by... a the name of a sports team because it's ugly language. And then you would put into practice very ugly language in defense of it or with outrage. It's, it's so strange. It's okay if you're mad. It's not okay if they're doing it for a publicity stunt or what they consider to be honoring somebody. No, they got it all wrong. Maybe Bubba's got it all wrong too. I don't know. 
Does that make any either one of them like illegal? No. You may look at it and say it's unpopular, but they're both free speech. If you said to me that anybody meant any harm by it, yeah, there's there's some situations with hate crimes and, and some ugly things that have happened throughout the course of history. There are things that have been attached to those words or actions that are stigmatic, and you, you can't forget that those possibilities ex- exist, but it's no different than me saying, you know, you were a peaceful guy your whole life, but until you get mad and then you say those things, oh, there's a recourse and there's a way to, to apologize and get back on track and for us to forgive each other? Okay, yeah. It it happens in, in all walks of life. Maybe you are a person who finds certain things unforgivable. Well, I don't. Um, if you're going to be alive, roam around, breathe some air, get something good to eat, and say hello to the guy next to you. It's the simple practice that we have anywhere there's a business or anything else. They put their name tag on there, not so you can call up somebody and complain, so you know who they are. It's a, it's a familiar strategy. It's a familiar practice. Um, The ladies, I believe, and I'll punch it up real quick, I believe it's called Ladies' Paradise. There's this wonderful book written um, about how to lay out your department store and how to do things that appeal to people and so forth. On um, Bonher des Dames. And he wrote this wonderful book. Um, no, that's not him. It is Emile, Emile Zola. Here I am making a fool of myself. This is a recording that I'm going to share with everybody. I'm not going to edit it. It's called The Ladies' Paradise by Emile Zola. I thought it was part of that book series. It's not. But it's about the rise of the modern department store and how to lay it out and how to appeal to people so that they feel at home. And they, Well, you put your name on your shirt. You're at a restaurant. You're a server. You're a host. Hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm going to take care of you. Oh, now we know their name. They're not a stranger anymore. And everybody knows that scene from Forrest Gump. I'm Dorothy, Dorothy Harris. And now I'm Forrest Gump. Now we ain't strangers no more. All right. It, it's that simple, folks. It's that simple. Like, it doesn't get any harder than that. That's what she said. Anyway, I just... I look at things in a very simple way. If you want to divide things by demographics to be able to argue statistics, I want you to remember this one. 27% of all statistics are made up. I enjoy where I come from in the world and that we all can communicate however we may do that. If you have to write it down because you can't speak, if you sign it, whatever your form of coexisting with people is do it acknowledge them open a door but to be able to talk to people and spend your time always remember this i've always told people to remember this about me be patient as you're listening to people and with people because if you're seeking understanding time is your friend right now what i want you to remember as i end this is if you're spending your time on somebody it very often means that you care and you deeply care. For me, if I'm spending my time on you, never forget that you could be choosing to do anything else with that. 
And that's a very important thing to remember as we communicate with each other. And if you find that you're not enjoying your time, maybe spend it somewhere else. Because you're communicating to the people who are getting your attention that you care. I'm trying to tell you as I record this and share it in a very hypocritical way how you can escape vanity 